It's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. Three-five return the vehicle. I need weapons off of who's on the desk. Panda, I'll pass you through. Shit, wait, is there anyone else? This is Panda, what's up? Hey, I just made a traffic stop. Subject refused to search of his truck and I observed cavalry contraband in his glove. Requesting firearm lock release. What kind of contraband? It was a Rorschach mask. Are you sure? I saw it. Panda, come on. Release my weapon. Probability of drugs and or alcohol in the subject's vehicle. High. Probability of firearms and or explosives in the vehicle. High. What's your overall perceived threat level from the subject? High. Just... Buzz me, okay? Stand by. It's not working. I didn't get it. Buzz me again, man. Stand by. Be good? Yeah, I got it. Thank you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this week we are starting our Watchmen HBO show (laughs) (laughs) reviews. So uh, we're doing the first episode, which is being called It's Summer and We're Running Out of Ice. Right, which is a line, I I guess it's a line, I I should have looked it up. It's a line from the musical Oklahoma, I think, from one of the songs. Uh, But before we get started, we want to make sure everyone knows this is a spoiler-full podcast. So you you should have already watched the first episode of of HBO's Watchmen Season 1. If you haven't, we'll we'll wait for you. Three, (laughs) two. Okay, thank you. You're back now after watching the episode, and now we can kind of talk about it. Uh, what we think. I wanted to change things up a little bit, uh, Mark, if, if you don't mind. Sure. And instead of doing a synopsis at the beginning of the podcast, because we kind of fill in the blanks when we do our top fives and our notes, I just want to maybe have us do like a general first takes of the episode and then get into our top five. What do you think about that? Sure. Okay. Um, so what do you what do you got? I, I didn't really put anything in. <laughs> this week for this uh but really it it, it blows my mind I, I just love everything about this episode there were so many things and i'm sure we'll get into the details in in our top fives and our notes but i really was impressed by all the way some of the callbacks to the comic book i loved the historical things that were in here i loved uh just, just so much about this episode was really, really great, and I hope, I hope they can keep this up through the season. Yeah, same here. I, I really enjoyed the episode, mainly. And the one first take thought on it was, it seemed darker than the actual movie itself, but it still held that darkness of the comic book. Uh, I don't know if uh, anybody understand that if you didn't read the comic because the even even the watchman itself was kind of dirt and gritty but this seemed darker 
in a lot of respects in comparison to the 2009 movie. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. I think there was definitely some a a darker feel and that definitely I'm sure we're going to explore these racial undertones that you know that it was kind of touched on a little bit in the movie, but this looks really looks like this show is going to really explore that aspect of uh, of the Watchmen. Oh yeah, basically, I'm just enjoying it overall. You know, yeah. honestly, it, the the way it looks, uh, the different characters, because obviously these are not the same characters overall. What we had from the movie and or the comics, these are it's a whole new batch. The only person we would see that is a consistent is Ozymandias. Yeah, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit in the in our our uh, discussion of the episode itself. But yeah, I I'm I'm excited. One of the things that really I don't know if it's in my notes or not, but I really am excited to kind of explore this whole American hero story that they're going to have, and I hope they give us more clips of that because as I as I was rewatching it uh, yesterday. I had forgotten, you know, there's almost a whole scene where they show us little clips of those characters from the comic that I don't think were brought into the movie. Like it shows the 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 table where they sat with the little name placards and it's got like Dollar Bill mm-hmm. and Comedian and Mothman. These are, are placard names that I think we saw those in the comic book, but we, the, the uh, movie never even explored those aspects of the Minutemen. No, no, they did not. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of excited to hear a little bit more about that. Maybe get some more about Hooded Justice, and uh, so we'll we'll see uh, what happens from there. But uh, what about why don't we go ahead and get into our top five? Shall I go first? Um, I can start because um, I, I really, I really like the fact that this is a sequel to the comic book. This is not uh, a direct sequel to the 2009 movie, which I have to admit was a mistake on my part. I really thought it was going to be a sequel to the movie, so I was, I was caught off guard. I was, I was kind of ready for it because I had listened to TV Podcast Industries do their review. They were able to do a review a non-spoilery kind of review because they apparently have been able to see the first several episodes. I guess they are one of the, the people that were got to see advanced copies of it. So uh, they, they shared, that was the first time I heard that it was going to be a sequel to the comic book and not the movie. So it was interesting. They took some bold choices. I thought by having the whole raining squids, scene that if you have not read the comic book, you're not going to know what that's referring to. You know, yeah. you're going to, you're going to go, what, what is this about? Because that was never in the movie. There was not even a hint of it in the movie. Nope. And then of course the whole idea of Robert Redford being president, I went back today and looked at the trade and it is Robert Redford at the end of the comic book 
it's Robert Redford that they say is going to run for president in 1988 against Nixon. But in the movie, in the 2009 movie, it's Ronald Reagan, yeah. they say, who's going to run against Nixon in the 88 presidency. And uh, so I thought that was that was really, really interesting. The uh, the cop at the beginning, when he gives the date, he tells us that it's September 8th, 2019. Mm. So we know that it is 34 years after the events of the comic book. So I really, really liked that. Yeah. And that was your number five? My number five, yeah. My number five would be the introduction of the show. I thought it was really amazing with the the black and white capture of what was going on within the Tulsa, Oklahoma, the the race riots in 1921. That was very well done, I thought. Yeah, and I this was actually my number four, so we can get right into my number four with this discussion of it because I knew as soon as I saw it come up on the screen, like there was a, a bit of a, a thing in the back of my brain. I live, for those of you who don't know, I live in Oklahoma. I don't live in Tulsa. Uh, I just went to Tulsa today, though, which is interesting. But um, I, I, I live in Oklahoma, and so as soon as I saw this come up and I saw it say Tulsa 1921 and I saw what was going on, I was like in the back of my mind, I knew this event – had happened. I knew there had been this huge race riot. Uh, I didn't know the details of it, though. So I kind of looked up some of the details of it. And basically what happened in 1921 was a group of Ku Klux Klan members did not like the there was a section of Tulsa that was a very prosperous black community. In fact, it was known as Black Wall Street. And these these Ku Klux Klan members basically just came in and started destroying things. Mm. And the the worst part, for in my opinion, the worst part of all this is the history. Their history has been not not hidden, but it's been so skewed and the details are so sketchy that everything I could find estimated the deaths between thirty and three hundred. That there were so many deaths, they had no idea exactly how many people died during this massacre. Wow. And it just blows my mind that here, almost 100 years ago, they were dealing with something even, well, I mean, way worse than what we're dealing with today. But we can see, you know, the things in this country that uh, that it's great, the improvements we've made. But there's still a lot of steps we need to make. Yeah, all the heinous actions that are happening in the world, especially at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it's hard to watch, but, you know, it is history, and it's actually our history, not in a comic book. You know, it's not a made-up thing that happened, that those events really did happen, and you can't really shut an eye to it. Yeah. So what was your number four? Uh, that would be uh, within the class, uh, the what do you do for a living with, uh, I forget her name, uh, was, uh, I guess she was not a Minuteman, but a Watchman at one point. The Regina King character? Correct. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I think she was a cop, is yes. what, what she was. She wasn't, I think prior to this Black Knight, uh, whatever she talked about three years ago, I think she was a cop um, and she was one of the the policemen that were targeted during that night. And that's why she left. But then, of course, we know as we as the episode progressed, we found out that she didn't leave. She maybe she officially left the police force, but she then became this masked, uh, which IMDb calls her Sister Knight. 
Mm-hmm. And I think um, we heard that a little bit through the episode. One of uh, the Looking Glass character calls her Knight a couple times. He says, should I contact Knight in red when they're talking about the attack uh, on the policeman? And later when the guy that she goes and, and uh, that she kidnaps, he says a woman dressed like a nun. So we get these kind of religious and she, of course, had those like prayer beads that she picked up at the beginning as part of her costume. So. So, yeah, I, I get the impression that now she's a school teacher and her but her kind of cover occupation is that she's trying to to get this bakery off the ground. But the bakery is actually just a front for her superhero garb and car that Monte Carlo was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, when the kid asks her about, uh, did you get your your bakery from Redfordations? Because she she mentions the fact that she that's what it was. She's not a school teacher. She was visiting the class, doing that baking demonstration. You're right. She, oh, yeah. It was a okay. This is blowing my mind that I'm just now figuring this out. It was a what is that career day thing? Like I don't have kids, so I don't. But it's yeah. like a career. Yeah, it was a career much- day thing, and her kid brought yeah. her there to say, "This is what my mommy does." Oh, I can't believe I'm just now picking up on that. Was what that whole thing was <laughs> about separating that. the <laughs> eggs, and she baked the mooncakes for him. And I just, I don't, I can't believe I'm just now figuring that out. Okay, so now all of this makes more, way more sense to me. She's not a school teacher; she's a baker. <laughs> Trying to get her bakery yes. off, but the bakery is really just a front for her superhero stuff. Wow, right. I can't believe I'm just now like literally putting that together as we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So okay, so the the kid says, "Did you get your uh your the money for your bakery from Red Fordations, which obviously is some." And I'm a little confused because I I listened to a previous podcast to where they thought the Red Fredations was payment to black people after the 1921 riots. But I don't think that's what it is. I think the Red Fredation was payment to these police officers who were attacked three years ago. Yes. Yeah. That's what I got out of it. Okay. That's that's what I thought too. I didn't I didn't think it was going back a hundred years. I thought it was going back this three years to where and now the seventh cavalry has been quiet for so long. So Nah, it's weird for the fact that they would be like, Oh, it's a hundred years later, we're still gonna pay your family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And and strangely enough, this is my number three as well. Just Regina King's character and how she's one of these masked heroes, uh, and uh, but she doesn't, t- you know, she tells the, the the class that she's not a cop. That she, like I said, she she tells them that she retired and officially she's not. So that actually was my number three. Uh, or number was four? no, that was my number three. Your number four. It was your number four. Uh, yes. My number three was basically the same thing. Oh, so okay. we are on your number three, three, and I'll just go to my notes. <laughs> okay. So. My number three, it would be, you know, basically it seems that the heroes are not looked well upon in this world still, you know, after, you know, all the incidents with the Watchmen and everything. But they try to do what they still do regardless of the laws that are in place. I liked it because, you know, they were trying to do right because the law is not doing it itself. They're still not, you know, the law is not doing their job. Yeah, it's a little strange. It's almost as if... Like, because what we saw in the comic book, and this is in the in the movie, the Watchmen movie as well, is this idea that they went through a period of time where 
masked heroes were looked on as as heroes, but then something shifted when they got super violent and they they were outlawed. And mm-hmm. so that's when they all had to kind of go to ground or they had to, as we talked about when we reviewed the movie, they had to either go to ground, hide themselves, or they had to give up their identity to the government. And so it seems like now what's happened, at least in Tulsa, is the cops have kind of incorporated these masked heroes into their departments, uh, or at least into the Tulsa department. Because, you know, like we saw that guy Panda was working the desk and he's wearing masks. And I, I got this later in my notes, actually. It seemed a little interesting to me that all the beat cops, the the uniform cops, they wear those, those half masks to hide their faces. They mm-hmm. keep their identity secret so that this this massacre that happened like with the 7th Cavalry three years ago can never happen again. But then there's a point where, I don't know if it's like maybe the detectives or maybe like the SWAT team or whatever, but they kind of graduate and they become these masked heroes or maybe masked heroes are just incorporated into the police department. Like Panda seemed like he was an actual, cop. like a bureaucrat. Yeah, like he was an actual cop. And so did Red um, Red Scare or Red Menace or whatever he's he's called. And the same with the Looking Glass guy with the the mirror face mask. He seemed like he was a cop because he's doing the interrogation. You know, she seems like she's the only one who's kind of like extracurricular, not you know, not actually with the cops. But a- as we watched the episode, we realized that amongst them, amongst amongst themselves, they take their masks off. Yes. You know, so every so the chief knows who they are. They know who each other are. But the general population of cops don't know who they are. And then you have the chief who everybody knows who he is. That seemed a little did that seem a little weird to you that that of all the cops. So the chief of police is the one who everybody knows who he is. He's the one who's the face of the department, kind of. Yes. Okay. He's like the figurehead, and everybody knows it. And... Yeah, yeah. It just seemed a little. It seemed a little odd to me that he would be the one uh, that people would know. I think that brings us to my number two, which was when they're in that assembly and they're talking about wanting to release the guns. Don Johnson mentions Article Four. I think one of the like one of the the masked police officers, the female who's kind of got like a, like it almost looks like her mask was just makeuped on. She says, um, I didn't put it in my notes. She says something about, oh yeah, uh, warrants free weapons hot is what she says. And he says, yes. And he calls it article four. And then he tells Panda to go ahead and do a 24 hour release of all the cops weapons. And Panda kind of, you know, he kind of complains and he's like, man, I don't think you're, I think you're making the wrong choice. Everybody's got to, it's got to be a 100% agreement. And so then he goes around to the individual masked heroes and says, do you feel your life is in danger? Yes. Do you feel that you need to use dead? You're going to have to use deadly force. Yes. Do you feel, and he gets like these, the yes from them. And then he gets a, a hearty yes from the entire assembly. And then they they make these these two and I didn't write down the Latin phrases for them, but I did Google translate what the Latin was. And the Latin that the chief of police says is who watches the watchers, which, of course, is is the is a playoff from who watches the watchmen mm-hmm. from the comic book. And the, and then the response from the assembly 
is we uphold. So are we, and I'm assuming that it's not just we uphold, it's we agree or something like that. Like we're, we're the one who watched the watch. Yeah. It's a lot of watching going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is as Watchmen in it and watches in Watchmen. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there's a bunch of watches that they're all looking at and clocks ticking. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that brings us to your number two. Yeah, I love Don Johnson in this uh, in his character. He portrays it very well. The character is really amazing, and I, I think he he's really grand, and I just love it. Yeah, I, uh, I I I am a huge Don Johnson fan. I have been. I I remember as a high school. I think I was in high school. I'm kind of giving away my age a little bit here. I think I was junior high, high school age when Miami Vice uh, came out. I remember watching Miami Vice. I remember liking it but not just that once he started once he graduated kind of from tv to movies and got into movies he's a really good actor and now he's kind of had the about the last 10 or 12 years or so he's had kind of a resurgence uh of of acting so i'm really it's really great to see him yeah it's nice to see him come back yeah yeah um so my uh does that bring us to my number one yes yes uh, and that's just simply the owl, the, the return of the owl ship. I, I thought that was great seeing uh, seeing Archie and uh, using of the uh, of the flamethrower. Unfortunately, it crashes, but uh, it was it was great to see that callback to the comic book and and the movie. I just loved it. Yeah, that would lead me to my number one, which honestly would be that ending. Why? Why not Don Johnson's character? <laughs> I really liked him. He was seemed to be very important. Or maybe was he the new quote unquote comedian in this, you know? Yeah, it was an, I hated seeing seeing that, but I think just like in the movie and in the comic book, I think we're going to get flashbacks of him. I don't think this is the last we've seen of Don Johnson in this yeah, role. Yeah, they could bring him back with flashbacks. Absolutely. I I think I, we got to cuz they've got to show it can't have him just be in one episode that would just be it would be tragic yeah i am going through my notes here to see what we have what we have not discussed go ahead and give your note and then i'll look at mine to see what we haven't discussed already well, basically i really love the idea the aspect of the music in the the show especially the music when don johnson's character was was leaving that seemed a really ominous like in halloween just the tones in it and the way it, it's giving out when he leaves his house and there was like I, I get I guess there was a spike chain that he ran over with his pickup that you know basically totaled tires and uh yeah just how it led into it yeah and I think we're it's gonna be interesting that's one of those that's one of those scenes that uh, just as you said uh, that we're gonna ha- we're gonna see some we're gonna have to see some more of because how you know? How did Lewis Gossett Jr.'s character get there? Was it the Seventh Cavalry that killed Judd? And I mean, obviously, it wasn't Lewis Gossett Jr. Obviously, there's no way a paralyzed man is going to be able to pull a spike chain out and then somehow subdue the chief of police and hang him, lynch him from a tree. It just that's just not going to happen. But obviously, he found him, and so we're going to have to get the 
the rest of that story throughout the season, probably of, or maybe in the next episode or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. The music was, was very ominous. Uh, I had a couple of other notes here that we haven't already talked about when the truck that was cleaning the streets, uh, I noticed had a placard with a squid on it. I thought that was kind of interesting <laughs> when looking glass is doing his interrogation. He's flashing all these different scenes up on the walls around him. And one of them was of Mount Rushmore and Richard Nixon's picture or Richard Nixon's face is on Mount Rushmore. So it was like it was Lincoln, Washington, Nixon. And I think Teddy Roosevelt was that were the faces on Mount Rushmore, which I, I thought was was kind of interesting that this how this universe has it changed has changed it. And when the ch- when the children are doing their little chant of presidents they're naming they name like i think they named like truman and then they get to nick they say president nixon president ford and president redford and they all <laughs> cheer because he's the current president um but uh, so i thought that was interesting that uh, that somewhere there in between nixon and redford we have president ford just like in our actual our actual history i wonder if that happened where nixon you know, in the true history, Nixon stepped down. Uh, Agnew had already stepped down, and Gerald Ford had been named as vice president. Mm-hmm. And so, so Gerald Ford became the setting president for a couple of years before uh, before Jimmy Carter was elected. But in in this universe, it was Robert Redford elected. So I thought that was that was really interesting. And what did you think about the scene with now in IMDb? He's listed as. Adrian Veidt, he's listed as Ozymandias, but in the show, all we heard them refer to him is Master. Mm-hmm. But we know that we, like I said, we've been spoiled that Jeremy Irons is playing this character. What did you think about that whole scene with these two? He's got several servants, you know, because he's riding the horse and he gives it to a guy named Alphonse and then he comes in the house and there's two other servants there and it's kind of a weird I, I mean I didn't get it was it was very out of place and awkward the whole scene yeah because he was naked <laughs> he was naked when she's massaging him and he's typing he's Sitting he's typing up something on and... <laughs> yeah on an old typewriter and he tells her just dig in there don't worry about it you know <laughs> and uh, so uh it was just and then when he when he's going to eat the cake they give him a horseshoe you know <laughs> and he hands the horseshoe back to the guy and says this is a horseshoe and the guy says oh would you rather have a knife and then he says no, and he picks up the fork or the spoon, whatever it was, and and takes a bite of the of the cake. It was just weird. It was just freaky. The whole that whole scene. I think uh, he just wanted to portray how freaky Adrian Vick yeah. is. You know, uh, <laughs> I think they use that name in the comic book too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely that's definitely the uh, the name used in the comic book. So we did get one piece of feedback. Do you want to read this, or do you want me to read this? Uh, you can read it. Okay, we got one piece of feedback from a, a listener, so thank you very much, Shantae, for giving us this. She says this is for the first episode. She says she watched it last night, and I am re-watching it again right now. I was blown away by the episode from the depiction of the Black Wall Street Massacre to the very last moments of the episode. Wow. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I do hope that the show can keep up this momentum and continue to tell a great story at the same time. Thank you so much for that feedback, Shantae, and I completely agree. I hope... They can keep this momentum going, and I hope you keep sending us feedback. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. Please send in that feedback. <laughs> so what do you think of where we're going with where this series is going to go? Did you watch the preview for next week? No, I wanted it to be a little bit of a surprise for me. Okay, so I won't give it away then because I watched it. Ah. <laughs> I, well, not the preview. Not the preview for next week. I think it just said like coming up in the in the next weeks of in Watchmen. So uh, there's some. I'm excited for what they've got coming. I don't know specifically what we're going to see next week, but I do. I am excited. I, I'm definitely excited to see this series. Um, I know that uh, I think uh, Lindelof, Damon Lindelof, has said. It's it's slated for nine episodes or eight episodes, hmm. and they haven't talked about a season two yet, which is kind of surprising. But you know, maybe it's more usually Netflix and Hulu that do these, where they announce the the next season before the first season's even finished. So HBO is probably going to hold us a little bit in suspense as far as whether there's going to be a next season or not, or whether this is going to be just a one off mini series kind of thing. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe they'll grow more with the the viewers and people will definitely want more which i hope it does uh it would be nice to have something consistent since you know netflix is not <laughs> doing anything uh yeah. cw's kind of cornered that market with a lot of dc stuff so well yeah and we're gonna you know we've got to wait we're gonna wait several months before the next marvel movie comes out we are getting gonna get disney plus here in a couple of weeks yeah so we'll see what what all they drop at once, I, I don't know how much they're going to make us wait to see. I know some of those TV series is in phase, is it phase four that we're starting? Yeah. yeah. So I know some of those things that are in phase four are supposed to be part of Disney Plus, but they haven't really said when all that stuff is going to is going to drop. So uh, I'll be excited to see. But this Watchmen is going to be a standalone. I think it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be a separate thing from all the rest of them. Yeah, it's its own little universe, which is fine by me. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. That way it has no crossovers. The only thing that they would do, if anything, that would be funny would be if they did uh, Doomsday Clock, but they would have to do all the rights with the DC superheroes, like mm-hmm. with Superman. Oh, because that Batman. actually, Doomsday Clock, yeah, they actually has, it actually has the DC heroes in it. Yeah, in that, yeah, in that particular uh... universe, they actually come into uh, to that whole, you know, Justice League style universe. Right, right. Hmm. Because they think of them as like anti heroes and go after them or attack yeah. each other and stuff like that. I thought Well you wanted to share you wanted to share a little bit about the Atlanta Walker Stalker Con. Sure. Here before we get into our podcast recommendations and wrap up things or wrap things up. A little bit about my experience at Walker Stalker Atlanta this year. A lot of it had to do, me going out there had to do with, like, support for our friend Jason, who does Walking Dead cast. Plus, I had press to go anyway, and while having press, I was able to obtain the panel at the live stage uh, on Sunday morning or afternoon. It was 11.45 a.m., so... I was able to do that, and I my I, my attitude about going originally was just, I just want to be there, hang out with my friends, have a good time. A lot of things went down based upon Walker Stalker within that weekend. In comparison to last year when I went, last year was, you know, my first experience, and it was pretty packed, but I was told years before that Atlanta, whenever they did a Walker Stalker, it'd be... Like, you could barely move. Uh, in this case, this year, it was a quarter of the traffic there was last year. 
That's all it was, just a quarter of wow. that. And mind you, it, it's nice when you could easily walk to places right up to a guest and get their autograph or talk to them and not have to wait on, like, let's say, a, an hour to two hour long line for certain guests. But I was really mainly there to visit and hang out with my friends. We kind of did, you know, shared selfies. We didn't do any of the uh, professional photo ops, and that seemed to be the mainstay and problem that was going on at the con and people were upset and then of course there was that issue with angel theory which i did not know about but i also didn't know because some of our friends went up to her and i took the picture of them with her and a fan was actually doing interpreting for angel because they didn't provide her with an interpreter so they didn't have anybody who was doing asl at uh for sign language at uh, any of the panels or even at her table so it was it was a little bit strange but Regardless, I, I thought people, a lot of the people I saw were having a great time. Uh, the panels were really good. Jeffrey D. Morgan didn't do his own as he usually does, but uh, Ming Chen was there, and I got to see Ming before he went on. <laughs> he re- oh, cool. He actually recognized me from the last time I saw him, so he was like, hey, nice. bud, what's going on? I'm like, hey. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I have to go upstairs, and are you going to the panel? I said, is that what this is? Because I didn't know where I was going. This was Saturday morning. I got there extra early. And I thought I had to wait in line or something. And I was told to go up the escalator, and I went. And I didn't realize it was a panel. And then a friend of ours came behind me, and he, she goes, yeah, this is... I'm like, oh, this is where Ming went. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually was there to introduce Jeff, but it was supposed to be Jeff D. Morgan and Kelly Fleming together. And usually Jeff does his own. I guess since he had the flu and he was sick, he didn't want to <laughs> do it all himself. Right. So Ming had to do that, but they they were delayed for almost like an hour and a half, and I felt bad for Ming because he had to del- <laughs> talk to the crowd for over an hour and a half, <laughs> and he was there for that's crazy. Yeah, he was doing basically uh, support for uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, so, yeah, very cool. So he was there. Like I said, I had my panel. On Sunday with Tony Moore, who is co-creator of the Walking Dead comic book, he did the first six issues. His name still is on the comic. Uh, well, <laughs> was on the comic since it ended, but it was on the comic book from you know beginning to end because he was a co-creator, and that was the the legal separation that they got and then the agreement that they yeah. Had. So he he never got any he never got any recognition on the TV show. He did. He still gets. Oh, he does. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But. Uh, yeah, Tony was wonderful to to talk to. Very nice person. He and I got to talk a lot at his table, and mostly from from the table to the actual live stage and back again. Nice. Yeah, so I, it was nice. He was interested. He was actually amped up for the Watchmen TV show as well. So, and I hope he's listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, hopefully. Hi, Tony, if you're listening. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if, if you are listening, Tony, thank you very much for the opportunity uh, to having the panel with you. Very cool. Yeah, the the, the weekend went well, uh, regardless of all the little setbacks. Uh, Tony wound up having to do a sketch of Daryl Dixon, which was never in the comic book. So he, he did it where it was it would be comic book based. So it made him like... <laughs> Like really southern and missing teeth and <laughs> almost like with like a trucker hat and it, it looked pretty cool. Yeah, like a tattoo on his neck <laughs> and you know, yeah, the the person commissioned it and I I saw I think a, a skeleton of it when he was drawing it and it, that's all I got to see until I saw it on Instagram the other day and I thought that was awesome. Nice. So, but 
Yeah. All right. That that's that was my experience. Uh, I do recommend anybody who wants you know to go to those cons. You can. They got new people that are leading the cons, so I wouldn't be afraid to go if I were you guys. But that's just <laughs> my opinion. Everybody has their own opinions, but mine is like if you want to go just to experience it, do so. There are other cons that'll be out there that you could see Walking Dead actors and people, or even you know comic book cons. That you could go to to meet these actors or artists as well. They're usually local, and you know if if you feel that you really want to go, go. But yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I uh, I want to recommend a couple of podcasts uh, for those of you that are looking for new podcasts. If you're a fan of the TV show Lost, I would recommend checking out. We have to go back. Lost revisited, which is a Lost rewatch podcast. It's a joint podcast between Podcastica Network and Next Level online strange indeed which is on the podcasting network they are covering currently covering season two of castle rock and everything on next level podcast network is as well just go check it out if you go to nextlevelradioonline.com you will be redirected to everything next level yeah it's the next level (laughs) (laughs) is the next level (laughs) so you could also uh hear me on another podcast, I do The Walking Dead Talk Through of Brian Malosh. Currently, we're in Walking Dead Season 10, and we should be coming up on episode, is it three? Wow. Four? Four. You, you, yeah, three was this week, four That's will be right. Sunday. I, I got confused because I was, you know, with the con and everything, maybe a little bit loopy. Yeah. But yeah, episode four, and uh, I think... This is going to be a good one. I think this season is doing very well. So, you know, come on over. Go to talkthroughmedia.com, and you can listen to it on our website, or you could go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from, and you'll hear us. And please do submit feedback if you're interested. We love feedback, especially here as well. Absolutely. You can submit feedback to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. We will post a a uh, episode thread there, and that would be the best place for you to post that feedback. You can also submit your feedback to us on facebook.com slash panels to pixels, where we will post an episode thread feedback post and you can give us your thoughts there for episode two, which will be coming out this Sunday, October 27th. And it is titled Martial Feats of Comanche, hmm. according to IMDb. Again, we'll be, fo- we'll be posting an episode thread feedback post on our Facebook page. Also, you can email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The TO is spelled out right there in the middle and the number one at gmail.com or you can call us and leave a voicemail at 845-350-2095 that's 845-350-2095 awesome so that's our show for this evening or day depending on when you listen to this thanks everybody for listening i'm mark and i'm steve (laughs) and this is panels to pixels good night everybody good night